0: welcome friends to another r slash pro revenge video today we've got a great story of taking down an hoa but first a story from desert frost critique my jukebox choice i hope you like hearing it the rest of the night at a typical but small sports bar there's only a small handful of people there someone's playing rap all night not judging it's just not my thing and doesn't really fit the vibe of the place i don't really want to download this jukebox app but after an hour the wife and i need a break I play some Johnny Cash. After a couple of my songs, the guy I assume is playing the rap yells out, Who's playing this crap? I yell back that I'm playing this crap. We go back and forth a couple of times, but end it without getting into a fight. We were planning on leaving after the song, but now I had to play a couple more. The wife and I take off, but when we get into the car, I realize I can use this jukebox app anywhere. The bar had an hour until closing. I assume the music lover is going to stay there until closing. I pick the worst country song I know, Convoy by CW McCall, and continue playing it on repeat for the next hour. I even spent the extra credit to prioritize my songs first. I don't really go to bars myself, but this actually isn't the first story I've heard that involves this jukebox that you have to use an app to pay for. When hearing about this jukebox app, honestly, the weirdest thing to me is if there was a jukebox there in person that I could pay with actual cash for and, you know, watch it select the records or CDs or whatever, I feel like I'd be way more inclined to actually spend money on it. But for some reason in this app form, I feel like I would just never really consider it at all. Like it feels like a waste. Would you guys feel the same way or would you want to get that app and control the music in the bar right away? Let me know what you guys think down in the comments. Our next story is from Big Smelly Dumpy. Take my laundry out and do your own load when I'm working? Say, buy clothes. I work at a hotel and every morning, I do a load of laundry with the mops, cloths, etc. before the cleaners come in. We have to use the guest laundry since there's no service machine. One morning, I came up to pick my mops when it was time and found that almost immediately after I had left, someone took out my load and put their own on. Obviously, this threw a wrench in mine and the cleaner's schedule, so I was pissed at the inconsideration. I took their clothes and threw them around the outside floor, behind the machine, in the bin, just everywhere but inside the machine. If you're going to have no respect for others, I'm going to show you the opposite of respect. So long as it doesn't include confrontation. OP highlights a very good point about these kinds of revenge stories. I've heard a few of these, where somebody hijacks the machine and sets your wet clothes off to the side lackadaisically. It's very easy to lay down that Uno reverse card and just do the same thing back to them, but if you caught them in the act, all of a sudden it gets a lot more serious. Our next story is from Caramel Thickness. Not stopping my job to look through 50 boxes for your one item. So i used to work for hobby lobby and despite what you hear about hobby lobby being a great place to work at it was still a crap show of a retail store it was freight day which meant that we as employees had to use dollies to unload a full truck trailer of boxes from the warehouse and walk them to the area of the store where they belonged i worked the fabric department and we would often have over 40 boxes of stuff to sort in price we were usually still unloading boxes when the store opened An older woman came up to the counter, said she needed a fabric we usually have, but it wasn't on the shelf. I always tried to be nice, but this lady had already had an attitude and was being rude. That's where I stopped being nice. Seeing it was freight day, she demanded that I look through all the boxes to find the bolt of fabric, because she really needed it for a project. Mind you, the truck was still half full of boxes, so even though there were already about 20 boxes of freight in the fabric department, There was no telling that that one bolt of fabric she wanted was in those boxes. It could have been on the truck still, or not even come in at all. I explained this to her, and she still demanded that I look through those boxes. I told her I would in a few boxes, but I have a job to do, and I don't have time to look through boxes every time someone asked. For us, we could not leave until all the freight was priced and put out, which usually meant at least a 10-hour day. She could come back later once it was all unpacked. She argued about it for a while and finally left. About an hour or two later, I get called into the office by the manager because the lady had called the store and said I was being rude and that she felt dismissed. So I sat and listened to the dumb, the customer's always right speech, said I understood and went on my merry way. Halfway through my day, I found the fabric and thought to myself, you know what, I'm taking this into my own hands. So I hid the fabric. I stacked it where we put our extra bolts, so it was still within view if you looked, but not where it should be. The lady came back a few hours after and looked for her fabric. Again, she came to me angry and demanded to know why her fabric wasn't there. I explained to her that we can't really control when items don't come in, hence the reason I didn't want to spend time looking for it when she asked earlier. We don't know what comes in and if something's out of stock, there isn't anything we can do about it. At this point, I did my best to be overly nice and helpful since she called, knowing full well I hid the fabric. I asked if she wanted to special order a bolt, or if she wanted me to call another store to see if they had it. She just got super upset and said she would go to Jones instead. Before I left for the day, I put the bolt where it belonged and happily left the store, knowing I wouldn't have to work the next day. I worked this job for seven years, and the last year before I quit, I literally just did not give a care anymore. I was a good worker, so I knew they wouldn't fire me, but man, the customers in retail really turned me into a person I didn't want to be, and I knew it was time to leave. See I feel a lot of the sentiment OP's expressing here would resonate with me pretty heavily if I worked in retail. I think if I had to work in an environment like that where I deal with enough people who show no respect whatsoever, put you down, think you're the dirt they walk upon, I think that would also turn me a bit spiteful and uncaring to the average stranger, too. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories, like our next one from Bibi Raps Kyle 1975. A worker from heck gets himself fired with my assistance. Two and a half years ago, my department received three rejects from another plant. I heard rumors about why they got transferred and it was obvious the attendance issues and bad work ethic were true. One of them, it was rumored, had on multiple occasions attempted to get his managers fired over claims of racism. He had allegedly tried to get his boss fired because she was singling him out because of his race. He took her to HR and they declined to act, likely because her husband was black and his claims were obviously unfounded. I found out later he bragged about the incident to my coworker and said he'd made advances towards her that she rejected. I didn't necessarily believe any of it until I saw it happen in my department. Constant talk, openly, about how everyone was out to get him. All of management was racist, he was being singled out, etc. He'd hide in the bathroom for an hour a night, intermittently. Quality issues were abundant, but everyone was afraid to write him up due to the looming threat of being taken to HR. Complete victim complex. 25-30 to 30 people walking on eggshells around one guy for over two years because if he ever got upset about something, you'd get called into a meeting with human resources with some wild, unfounded claim about whether or not you were prejudiced towards him. It was all anyone talked about. The things he did and said on a daily basis were just baffling. It was toxic and exhausting and after what felt like a lifetime of hating to come into work, I finally had an out. We have these really basic, meaningless quality reports we do when someone messes up and sends out wrong parts. Anytime he had one, he'd refuse to do it and no one would call him out on it for fear of retaliation. He'd done it to me several times, caused a big scene but this time it was a little different. He claimed that the previous operator had been responsible, not him. We checked a log sheet and according to it, he was correct, but it did look like it had been altered, so I checked the cameras. I spent two hours checking tape. Sure enough, after being notified of the quality issue, he'd gone back and modified the log to indicate someone else was responsible. You could clearly see him change it and see when he actually started. I notified my boss, followed up with his boss, gave them timestamps and a lengthy explanation of what had occurred. This meaningless quality issue quickly became a matter of an employee forging a federal document and sabotaging the quality of a coworker. They took it rather seriously. 10 days of waiting around for something to happen, no word from anyone, I was afraid they decided not to act. Then one day, he just didn't come in, fired, gone. A great weight had been lifted from my department, and I no longer had to come to work afraid I'd be roped into one of his delusional outbursts. It was deeply satisfying. The best part? He had 100% done this to himself. All I can really point out here myself is if you ever get the urge to try to cover up a mistake you made and going about doing that via editing a federal document... I feel like your chances of getting away with it are very small and only get smaller every time you successively do it. It's like crossing the highway by running across it. You might make it across a time or two, but at some point Frogger might end up splatted on the road. Our next story is from Fangirl. Mom takes down the HOA from the inside. My neighborhood does not have a homeowners association. At least, not anymore. When my parents first moved in my older sibling was maybe two years old and with me as a little glowworm, there was an hoa they took money from the neighborhood in exchange for their services at first and for quite a while my parents just kind of shrugged it off the hoa shoveled the snow off the streets in winter and dealt with the trash collection so they were doing something worthwhile right ha no the city controlled the snow plows and garbage trucks not the hoa But still, there was the illusion of effort. And besides, one summer they decided to contact a company to plant new trees all over the neighborhood. The fact that the company was owned by the son of the head of the HOA was totally coincidental. The trees were the beginning of the end for the HOA. Why? Well, my grandma on my dad's side was visiting when they came around to plant the trees. My grandma, who is a certified master gardener, And so she stared through the windows of our house as the guys planting the trees just dropped the saplings on the grass, still with their roots inside the bag they came in. No holes dug, no holes cut, just a bagged sapling lying on the grass like a pathetic and sad stick. The saplings lay there all night, no one came back to actually do their job and plant them. My master gardener grandma mentioned offhand that those saplings were going to die unless they got in the soil and something clicked in my mom's head. She was paying the HOA money, actual money, every month, while both she and my dad worked, taking care of two very little kids, sending us to daycare and preschool and arranging babysitters and feeding us, and the homeowners association was just going to pull this half-butt BS instead of do what she's paying them for? No, no freaking way. So, she showed up to the head of the HOA's house and basically demanded that the trees get planted properly like she's apparently paying for them to. The head of the HOA, so excited for someone actually caring about the neighborhood, made their second mistake. They asked if mom wanted to join the HOA. She agreed. The trees were planted, but most didn't make it. My grandma was right. First things first, my mom showed up to the next HOA meeting. There were like five people there. No wonder they asked mom to join, they desperately needed the people. So mom looked at this collection of white people, herself included, who weren't even paying money to the HOA like the rest of the neighborhood. All the contractors the HOA called in were close relatives of other HOA members and weren't paid by the HOA. After all, they're family. So my mom started digging. She spent pretty much a full summer taking down the HOA before she had to go back to teaching in the fall. With me carted along after her and my sibling old enough to be in school or daycare, she dug through the years of paperwork detailing the HOA's financial situation, and she found something extremely enlightening. The HOA didn't actually do anything. Well, they didn't do anything to benefit the community. Everything they claimed to do was either covered by the individual homeowner or by the city itself. So they were collecting money from all the neighborhood residents under false pretenses and actually they weren't even supposed to be in our neighborhood. Their association zone was a whole different neighborhood. So what is a working mother of two small children to do while her husband's off at work and she's off for the summer? She goes door to door with pamphlets. Me and my siblings in a stroller as she weaves her way through the neighborhood blocks, pamphlets explaining the situation. And how to stop paying for services you'll never get pamphlets that are of course written in both english and spanish to account for the high amount of latino and hispanic people in our neighborhood and naturally she got a lawyer and an accountant it put a major dent in her pocket but if it meant the entire neighborhood wasn't exploited for money each month it was worth every penny another hoa member helped her sift through the documents and data and pass out pamphlets and encourage people to show up to the meetings but had to back out because of work-related reasons. My mom rolled up to the courthouse, flanked by the lawyer and accountant, her kids safe at home with her husband, and had more than enough evidence to get the homeowners association the freak out of the neighborhood, expose the fraudsters for the frauds they were, and make sure that no HOA would ever push their luck in our neighborhood. It's been almost 19 years, and no one's even tried making another homeowners association in our neighborhood. As somebody who personally has a great disliking for homeowners associations, I both love and absolutely hate this story. How did a homeowners association manage to just creep their way into this neighborhood without actually ever being, like, instated, homegrown, approved? They just kind of created themselves and went around charging people? OP didn't include any details, but I see a big dollar court case coming from that. Our next story is from Oakery. Be impatient to get my parking spot? Fine, you don't get it at all. I posted this as a comment on another post, but I figured it could be its own post itself. A few weeks ago, I was parked on the street in front of my climbing gym, really great spot on a busy area, and when I walked to my car, before I'd even reached it and gotten in, someone had stopped behind me waiting for me to pull out. This is a fairly narrow two-lane street, well, narrow after you have people parked on both sides. So, he was blocking traffic from one direction, since the other way... Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Constantly has cars coming and no one could pass him, which made me feel like I was the one blocking traffic since he was waiting for me. I was putting my gym bag to the side, setting my phone in the center console, getting the seatbelt on, all the little things I normally do before driving that take 10-15 to seconds or less when he honked. A couple short beeps, and obviously directed at me since there was no one else in front of him, I was already annoyed that he was blocking people for so long, but that just made me feel petty and vindictive. So I ended up getting out and walking down the street like I'd just been dropping off my bag and maybe walking to one of the nearby breweries or something, locking my car as I walked away and making it beep. I grinned as I saw him drive off. I did a lap around the block and then just hopped back in my car and left, another car pulling into the spot immediately. Yeah, parking's annoying in that area, but don't be a jerk about it. I agree wholeheartedly with OP. It's one thing to already sit there and wait for somebody to pull out. But if you're gonna commit to that decision to sit there and wait for them, you have no right to honk at them for preparing themselves to start their car and pull out? If it seems obvious that somebody's gonna pull out of a spot, do you think it's okay for somebody to sit there and wait for them to pull out? Or is it just too weird or maybe even trashy to sit there and watch them and wait? Let me know what you guys think. Our next story is from Neto Teto. Now he's always right. Last night we took a bus to see a fireworks show. It was a good show, but we didn't get back home until after midnight because it doesn't start to get dark here until 10pm. My kids, 8 and 10 years old, are in full-on puddle mode. When you're so tired that you just melt into a puddle of tears and exhaustion, I take them to get ready for bed and tell them just to brush their teeth and put on jammies. They can floss in the morning. My husband comes in the bathroom as they finish brushing and insists that they need to floss right away. And it doesn't matter that i told them they didn't need to this one night i try to explain that they're just tired and it won't hurt them to postpone flossing for eight hours in front of the kids he informs me that oral hygiene is too important to skip and that i was wrong to tell them otherwise i suppose he's right and i'm wrong so after i got the kids in bed with the perfectly flossed teeth i hid all of his left shoes now he can really feel like he's always right I mean, the revenge is pretty good, but I'm not going to lie, I kind of do agree with the dad here. When it comes to your little kids, you kind of want to teach them from an early age. Oral hygiene is incredibly important. Don't make the mistakes that so many of us have, where you end up having multiple hundred-dollar dentist bills. Never being able to get past the trauma of hearing the sound. This next story is from Fun Fortune 3256 Me, 2-year-old female at the time, made a child cry every time I came to the kindergarten. So when I, female, 29, was 2, I was in kindergarten. Every time I came in, a child started to cry. My mom started to think that that was weird, so she asked the teachers about it. The teachers saw what happened, and they started to watch me a bit closely. So when my mom asked about it, they were able to tell her the whole story. The previous day, some kid, some different ones, would do something to me kid stuff, push me, pull my hair. So I waited till the next morning and the first thing I did when I came to kindergarten was slap that kid and keep walking. My mom finds it very funny even now and time and time again she tells me this story. It's nice to know that even as a two-year-old, I wasn't the person to be messed with. As a parent, if you find out that your kid in kindergarten is getting pushed around or their hair pulled, and in retaliation, the very next morning they go and slap the kid, is it weird to just, you know, have a little bit of pride in your kid in that moment? Like, yeah, you should tell your kid, no, you can't slap kids, but also there's going to be like a voice in the back of your head that's like, nice going. Our next story is from in Bernice. No, I won't vacate my seat halfway through my meal when I was here first. I've come to a cafe near my office for lunch and the only space they had to sit was at the end of a communal table. No problem. I sat at the very end of the table, leaving three other spaces. I ordered my lunch and sat there, minding my own business. A couple of women arrived soon after and politely asked if they could sit at two of the free spaces next to me. No problem. Then, when I was just starting to eat my lunch, two other people arrived to join them. There was only one other free seat left. So what did they do? Yep, asked me to move somewhere else. The cafe's full, I'm in the middle of my meal, and I was here before any of them. I politely refused. Now they're carrying on about how selfish I'm being, taking up the entire communal table when I'm only one person. They're watching me eat, willing me to finish and leave. Screw them. Once I've finished eating, I'm going to order a coffee, linger over it, and then order a slice of cake. I don't blame op at all for acting the way they did in a way i kind of feel bad for both parties because at the end of the day both parties just want to have a nice meal right but if they can't recognize that the entire rest of the place is totally full and hid the fact that they're gonna try to peer pressure op spot away then i think their meal deserves to be a little bit tarnished our next story is from ae2359 pasture raised pigs for our neighbor i live in the woods in a very private setting The neighbor's house behind us is separated from our yard by a couple hundred yards of woods. Just trying to give you an idea of the area. Whenever I burn brush, she comes running over to tell me that she can't open her windows because of the smoke. I burn brush like two days a year, so this shouldn't be a huge deal. When we first moved in, she claimed most of the woods behind my house was her property. It's not. I ended up finding the corner markers about a year ago and the line goes up to about 20 yards from her house the most recent burning session she of course graces me with her presence within 15 minutes of the fire starting the same conversation happens she can't open her windows because of the smoke i tell her last year when you called the fire department on me they said it was legal I then tell her, unfortunately, you're going to have to get used to it this summer, as we're clearing out the section of woods back to the property line. She gets a face and says, you mean the post that you put in the ground and painted pink? That's not the property line. I tell her she's more than welcome to get a survey, but the corners are marked with stakes that include the surveying firm name, so I know they're accurate and also match the county's records. She goes to her car and then comes back 5 minutes later to ask why we're clearing out the woods. I tell her, oh, we're going to start raising 15 to 20 pasture pigs a summer. We aren't. Her face goes white as a ghost and she books it back to her car. Every time I cut down a tree back there or clear something out, I can just picture her worry about pigs and the smell in her backyard. OP said in the very beginning that they live in the woods in a very private setting. It just goes to show you that you can live in a neighborhood that's considered very spaced out or private, and even then you'll still have neighbors that come up and want to be all up in your business, call the authorities on you for stupid things. No matter where you go, even all the way out in the woods, you can't escape these awful neighbors, man. Our next story is from Raja Brooke. So petty, but so good. My daughter was being picked on by a girl in her class and I asked her parents to ensure it stopped. I also told the class teacher, they're 5 years old by the way. The next day, the parent's friend Katie decided to lie and tell the head teacher that I called the little girl a witch. I didn't and I wouldn't and I've never even spoken to this woman before. Since then, I've endured daily comments and side-eyeing at every school run. Anyway, last month, Katie's house came on the market, and I went for a nosy around. The realtor then asked for some feedback, as requested by the vendor, Katie, so I duly obliged. I told them how absolutely hideous it was, how everything needed ripping out and replacing. Most of this was true, by the way. Queried why you'd start renovating after putting it on the market, etc., etc., and then for the kicker, I offered 100000 less, knowing they wouldn't accept, and said I'd probably knock it down and start again. Rumor has it, Katie was distraught at this feedback, and no one's seen much of her since. Sounds to me like Katie is all about her reputation, her appearance in public. Imagine they try to doll up this house all by themselves and sell it for a pretty penny on the market, and then word goes around how horrible and decrepit this house is. Hopefully, it makes poor little Katie shed a few tears all upset. This next story is from Hello Operator 12. Nah, I'm good. I'll quit. This was at least five years ago when I was working at a restaurant as a waiter. The fact that I'd worked as a waiter alone is a bit of a joke among my friends, just because of how antisocial, reclusive, and introverted of a person that I am. And throughout my life, i've specifically worked at places where i require little to no interactions with others having said that in desperate times you take desperate measures it was a italian family restaurant that served somewhat stereotypical italian dishes such as pizzas and pastas but it wasn't really a good restaurant a customer once complained saying what kind of italian restaurant doesn't serve meatballs anyway at the restaurant there were three managers the store manager lee who was an awesome manager. Then there were two supervising managers, Becky and Anne. I didn't get along with either of them, mainly because I thought Becky was a whiny, self-entitled, stuck-up witch, and Anne was just another clueless bully who has no idea that no one liked her. And this story is about Anne. Ever since I was a kid, I got easily startled, and that was something of a joke among the people I've met over the years, including the colleagues and with the people I've become friendly with. A lot of them would tease and play with me, which I didn't mind. I knew that they didn't mean it in a bad, mean-spirited way. And as a person who appreciates a good laughter, I got along with it. Then Anne got involved. As I had mentioned, Anne didn't really understand that no one really liked her because she was one of those people who will make jokes at other's expenses, but would get upset if anyone even tried to make any comment, let alone a joke at her expense and for some reason, she thought it would be a great idea to constantly startle me, much to my displeasure, and one day, as I was about to take the drink to the table, she startled me by making a sudden noise, and naturally, I got startled and spilled the drink all over me, which she and a couple of people, who by the way I didn't get along with, bursted out laughing. After looking at myself, soaked in a mix of Coke, Sprite and Fanta, I stared right into her eyes and said to her in a clear voice, If you ever do that crap again, I'll slap the crap out of you. And when I said it, I could hear the entire staff gasp in shock. Of course, she saw no wrong interaction, she didn't take kindly to my words, and she said what I said was intolerable and unacceptable. And all I've said was, I've asked you not to do that again and again and you continue doing that so whose fault is that then looked at one of the idiots who was laughing and said make new freaking drinks took the drink and didn't speak to any of them for the rest of the shift as we're closing Anne asked to have a chat with me which i knew she was going to bring up and started talking over and over and over how my words were hurtful and such language was unacceptable at a place of work blah 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 This time, however, I said nothing but yes, I understand, without ever saying sorry or acknowledging that I was the wrong. After her, what felt like hours, but more like five minutes of mindless rant, she sounded rather satisfied at herself, and she clocked out and left, and my petty revenge was as soon as I saw her car leaving. I wrote my letter of resignation on a napkin, handed it to Becky, packed my bag, took my work uniform off of me, and left. And had no idea that i'd just quit and a couple of days later i was getting calls after calls after calls from her she had left so many darn voice messages it took forever to clean up the entire thing and from what my friend who also worked there told me was she had a minor meltdown because she thought she had pushed me to make such a decision and was trying to apologize again and again however i never responded I did get the satisfaction of hearing about her meltdown, but the most satisfying part was I found out later that she was meant to go and see her family, but because not only me but another waitress who I still keep in touch with and is a wonderful girl left because she didn't appreciate how Anne treated others, especially me. She didn't have enough people to cover for the shift. She had to work during the time and get her non-refundable plane ticket wasted. All I know is I absolutely hate people who cannot get the memo. If you tell somebody to stop doing something annoying to you, and they never can figure out to just finally stop, and they don't have like a legitimate reason for not being able to adjust right away or not being aware enough of it, then that person to me is just a major, major jerk. And I hope they felt darn bad. And our final story of the day is from Examine the Witness. You want to be rude to retail and fast food workers? I'll make your experience slightly worse each time you come in. Very minor pettiness, but it's the best way to stay out of trouble. At both of the jobs I've had, floral assistant in a grocery store now, former fast food worker, it's very common to get customers who are rude as all get out, but aren't rude or violent enough to get reported and banned. While I was working fast food, I was often doing drinks, doing bagging, and handling the orders all in one. The place I worked at had bad managers who refused to work, so I was often left with a lot of the jobs. If you were rude to me over the headset, you bet you had a little less fries, or your drink had a bit too much ice. You become a regular and remain rude. Less napkins, sandwich slightly unwrapped. Nothing major enough to get in trouble for, but enough to cause annoyance. Now, I work as a floral assistant, and my rule remains the same. You're rude over a balloon order? Oops, I don't put the stuff in your balloons that make them last more than a day. You come in again? Your balloons get blown up smaller. Don't even get me started on flower orders. You're mean to anyone about that, and even my manager will say that we couldn't get the flowers you wanted, even if they're sitting in the cooler at that instant. And my personal favorite bit of pettiness, if they leave in a huff, I make sure to thank them in the most sickly sweet voice I can and tell them to come back soon. Yeah, come back again, I'll make your experience even more annoying next time, that's a guarantee. See I just don't understand people who are choosing to be rude over the phone or over the intercom. Like I get if you're having like a really crappy day or the worst day of your life or whatever, sure. You know I'm sorry you stubbed your toe against the wall and it's the worst thing you've ever felt in your life but that doesn't make it okay for you to yell at the dude at the McDonald's drive-thru, and frankly, I think it's warranted for some fry tax. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another revenge story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video, or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. That said, though, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.